one of the things that that makes our you know relationship particularly fruitful is that you know we really recognize each other as as equals for better or worse you know sometimes when we butt heads but this idea that the musician is is like quote unquote creating the composer's vision i i, I think that's kind of total garbage to be honest yeah. it's like i've provided half of what needs to happen the other half of it has to come from the creative energy of the musician who's going to realize the thing it's not hierarchical right it's a partnership of equals creating a, a piece of music hello and welcome to harp column podcast taking you behind the stories in harp column from a practical harpist perspective my name is christina finch and I will be your guide to all things harp. Music for today's episode comes from Meditations by Evan Henry, performed by Rosanna Moore. I'm so excited to bring you today's episode with guests, harpist and host of the Soundweavers podcast, Rosanna Moore, and composer Evan Henry. Rosie's article, Together We Create, in the January-February 2021 issue of Harp Column is an amazing reference for anyone looking to commission new pieces of music and collaborate with composers. Evan, whose piece Meditation was awarded an honorable mention in the 2020 Harp Column Music Composition and Arrangement Competition, was one of the featured composers in Rosie's article. But more than that, he's someone who is a champion of the collaborative process. Evan and Rosie have been friends, roommates, and collaborative partners for years, and it is those years that have helped them form what you will see is a really admirable working relationship. I absolutely adore these two people, and there's so much to get into here, so let's dive into our conversation. In Rosie's article, she mentioned that she always likes to give a composer a trial lesson or two so that they can learn the physicality of playing the harp. I asked Rosie and Evan to share about their very first lesson. Well, I mean, I don't know that we ever like had officially did, a lesson, right? You yeah. never had an official first lesson because you actually were really resistant to writing for harp for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just never, um, I never heard anything for it for the longest time. And then I lived with you. I started to be exposed to all this, you know, harp repertoire. And there was... Hearing a lot of the Handel Harp Concerto and hating it. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like it. I think it's pretty nice. But for other composers who I've worked with, certainly at Eastman and also when I was at the Royal Northern for my undergrad in Eastman and high school at, at Cheatham's, I would sit the composer behind the harp just to give them the sense of scale. Because, again, most people's impression of the harp is they imagine fairies playing and they think we can do a few arpeggios and glissandos and we wear big poofy dresses which is great I love the big poofy dresses yeah but... all that stuff is pretty demonstrably true by the way <laughs> hey <laughs> it's one of those just sitting people behind the instrument showing the difference between especially if you're working with someone who is a lot smaller than you or a lot larger than you their span is going to be completely different and knowing that that's going to really affect how they write for you and how they write for the instrument and it brings up the case of do you write for a specific performer or do you write for the instrument so everyone can play it What 
what really pushed me over the cliff into writing for Harpland is just physically having the instrument in my space, basically, I mean, in our space. Just access to the ability to play around with it. So the main reason that Evan started writing anything for Harp, because we've known each other for, what, eight years? Yeah, something like that. I have been pestering Evan for eight and a half years to write me a harp solo or write a piece for one of my ensembles. And every time he'd go, yeah, yeah, sure. And kind of brush me off a little bit. When the pandemic hit and we were in Rochester, I took home a bunch of stuff from my office. And that included these little 20 string harps from Derwent Harps. They only play in C major. I use them for teaching five and six year olds and little old ladies who want to have a cup of tea and play the harp and have gossip. But I took these things home so I could keep them tuned and so that I could keep teaching a couple of my younger students with the same instrument that they had at home. And Evan just started pinching one of them every so often and (laughs) playing for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know, I really kind of fell in love. I think what drew me to the lap harp over the grand harp was just how personal and like how kind of intimate it is to play these little songs that, you know, have to be sort of simple in nature, right? Because all you've got is, is C major on them. Yeah, I guess I was just attracted to that intimacy so much that I, I don't know, I just started writing down the things I was uh, twiddling at and then I came up with the stuff for meditations that way. collaborative process for me is really something that kind of happens after it's like sort of done really I mean I say done but it's never like totally finished I believe that compositions should be alive they should always be able to be transformed you know the composer's job is they kind of sit down they figure out the details of the piece they figure out all the stuff that they they want to do and then what you do is you you kind of you let go you let go of your interpretation you let go of how you personally conceive of what's going on and that's when the, the real work of the collaboration with the musician begins, because then they start playing it. And then you start to notice things that they picked up on the score that you wouldn't have thought of. And then you can go back and you can change some of those kinds of things. The and, sixth movement was one that yeah, yeah, we changed I mean, yeah, around we, we changed around it. We changed that one a bunch. Um, so the sixth movement has is the only movement in the entire piece that has something that is not in C major. You have a 12th harmonic, which makes a... Uh, on a B string making an F sharp, which is really nice. (laughs) He got fancy with that. (laughs) Well, one of the things though we came across is Evan was creating harmonics, but not creating harmonics the way a harpist would. Mm -hmm. And so much as you were getting the sound out that you needed, a harpist is not going to make a harmonic doing the, and obviously this is a podcast, so you can't see what I'm doing, but doing the claw is going to be very uncomfortable. So we moved some of this up an octave so that instead of having the hands all over each other, I would take the melody to the B above middle C rather than below middle C. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. Was... We had to move it up because the physical body of the instrument was getting in the way of the correct sort of harmonic technique. Many hours going, can you see how uncomfortable my hand is? And him going, why don't you do it my way? I went to school for this for many years. But (laughs) No. 
yeah so that so that's an instance of kind of what i'm talking about right like i i wrote the song and then i gave it to her and then we had to make changes to the song just on the basis of what needed to be done to um the music, make it good to make it yeah well <laughs> playable I, well i mean i liked it down the octave i'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie i thought it was great down there but <laughs> yeah. One of the things that that makes our, you know, relationship particularly fruitful is that, you know, we really recognize each other as as equals for better or worse, you know, sometimes when we butt heads. But this idea that the musician is is like, quote unquote, creating the composer's vision. I, I, I think that's kind of total garbage, to be honest. Yeah. It's like I've provided half of what needs to happen. The other half of it has to come from the creative energy of the musician who's going to realize the thing. I mean, that really means that you have to think like a composer. I mean, that's really ultimately what it means because you have to make decisions about how the music is going to go. You have to make decisions about what's meaningful, what isn't meaningful. This is, I'm going to bring this out. I'm going to re reduce that. But by the same token, composers sometimes need to think more like performers and sort of realize some of the intricacies of performing and the pitfalls of performing when they're writing. And so it's a lot of a give and take relationship and collaboration. Well, it's just, I, I just want to emphasize that it's not hierarchical, right? It's a partnership of equals creating a, a piece of music. definitely had our share of tips too i mean i i think i'm telling me to play certain things which don't work oh no actually the first piece i ever played of evans was the eric dolphy piece it's a fantastic piece for symphonetta mm -hmm. and it has this high stupid high harmonic it's either an a or a c it's an a an a like so the very top of what we can do realistically at harmonics but it's a solo at the end of the piece oh yeah my favorite recording <laughs> is the one where you whiff it that's <laughs> oh, the right note sorry <laughs> sometimes you gotta play the right note even if it's hard <laughs> Tell me, Evan, do you have any pieces in the works right now for harp or any pieces in the future that are going to be for harp? I keep my cards pretty close to my chest because if, if I say something I regret, Rosie's going to play this podcast at me infinitely <laughs> until I'm like, oh, I better actually do that thing I said. But I started writing kind of a second meditations, but um, this time for the big harp. I could seriously listen to these two talk about music all day. But to close things out, I asked them each to give one piece of advice to the harpist who is looking to commission new music. Write everything down. Have a contract of some descript. Even if it's a, I'm gonna buy you a cup of coffee and a pizza. You need to make sure that everything's in writing so that no one gets the wrong end of the stick with what's on the table. 
my advice would be don't write for harp <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> one <laughs> no no um uh, my advice would be actually kind of the opposite of what rosie said don't think too much about the commissioning process don't think too heavily about the business side of it i mean really find somebody that you really like and that you gravitate towards making music with naturally and make something there and then retroactively go back and say yeah that was part of the commissioning process <laughs> i would say don't don't think too hard about the details of the business think really hard about making the art first and then worry about the rest of it That's it for today's episode of Harp Column Podcast. Many thanks to Rosanna Moore and Evan Henry for joining us today. Rosie's article, Together We Create, can be found in the January-February 2021 issue of Harp Column. Music for today's episode comes from Evan's piece, Meditations, performed by Rosanna Moore, and is available for purchase at harpcolumnmusic.com. To learn more about Harp Column, please visit www.harpcolumn.com, and subscribe today to gain access to current and past issues, as well as a lot of great web content. My name is Dr. Christina Finch, and we at Harp Column hope that you have a wonderful week. Music